So I moved up to Upper Manhattan. Okay. About a year and a half ago. Okay. And I was like, you know, the clubs are so close. Yeah. I should probably do the clubs. Right. I did this set where this couple was making out. Yeah. Really I've seen that hard. happen. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah, I've seen that. And the host was obviously like, okay, we've seen you guys making out. You guys can go home now. Yeah. Go home and make out. Go home and make out. And so then uh, they were like, the woman of the couple was like, basically, she didn't like being called out for making out. Okay. And she starts screaming, I'm going to kill myself. Okay. That's a little rash. The host is like, just, okay, I didn't mean it. And she goes, I'm going to kill myself. She says it five times. I'm going to kill myself. The host is like done with dealing with her. Okay. Please welcome Joe Firestone. That's exactly right. (laughs) That is the voice of the great... Joe Firestone, the one and only Joe Firestone. Joe Firestone was one of our earliest guests on Working Out. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. It's a it's an American classic. We talk about pizza a lot. We tell a lot of jokes about pizza. It's so fun. She is, uh, Joe Firestone is just a one-of-a-kind person and comedian. She does stand-up. She's invented board games. She wrote a book called Murder on Sex Island, which is hilarious, and I highly recommend. On top of all that, she was just named the head writer of the new show that's going to follow Stephen Colbert, hosted by Taylor Tomlinson, called After Midnight. She is on fire. Uh, So we have a great chat today. It's a wild episode. It is unlike any other episode we've ever done. Um, I should tell you this week that my, my special, The Old Man in the Pool, is coming out on Netflix I am so thrilled for you to see it. Um, I I feel like you've all, as listeners of the show, people who have come to see different incarnations of it over four years, have been a part of the process, and I so appreciate it. I can never thank you enough for being part of the process. It's on Netflix now. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. You can watch that on Netflix now, and then I'll I'll do you one better. You can watch the special on Netflix. And then I'm doing my new hour on tour in 24 cities. And hopefully you live in one of these cities. Big Sky, Montana, Vancouver, Seattle, Walla Walla, Portland, Oregon, and then a whole bunch of Florida. St. Petersburg, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Orlando, Miami, and then Colorado. If you live in Colorado, I think really high odds that I'm coming near you. Aspen, Beaver Creek, Fort Collins, Denver, and then Texas, forget about it. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, uh, one city to be named later for reasons out of my control, but that's exciting. Stay tuned. One other city that I, I've gone to a lot, that's a hint. And I premiered one of my movies. That's maybe t- I've given away too much, but so be it. Then I'm going to Troy, New York, Rochester, Toronto, Atlanta, Charlotte, Richmond, and then Washington, D.C., where I started out doing stand-up comedy over 20 years ago. All this is on Burbigs.com. The best way to find out about it is uh, joining the mailing list. I send out these little notes. If you join the mailing list, I, I, I've sent one recently about Florida. I sent one about clean comedy. I sent one about uh, trailers. Um, I, I write these kind of ruminations and fun things to my mailing list, and then I send the tour dates, and you're the first to know about when shows are going on sale. So I have this great chat with Joe Firestone today. 
Uh, you may have seen Joe on The Tonight Show, on Joe Perra Talks with you. She hosts a bunch of comedy shows here in New York. One of them is called Butter Boy, which I love. Littlefield, I've, I've performed on it a lot. She made a card game called Fruits, which I love to play with my family. She wrote a book called Murder on Sex Island, which is a, just pure uncut Joe Firestone humor. It's so good. We're talking about all that today. So excited for you to enjoy my conversation with the great... Joe Firestone. You're off social media. Yeah. I got off. It was really, but you know, they don't want you to get off. Oh, yeah, you're right. You have to say why. And I was like, there's all these choices. And I said, "Um, I chose, I don't, uh, it's too much time. (laughs) And then they were like, well, just erase it from your phone. And then they didn't let me delete it, so I had to keep picking the different options that would let me erase it. Like, you finally have to say, I just don't want to be here anymore. And then they're like, okay. I feel like I'm hoping that that's the beginning of a trend. I don't think so. No? I never have started a trend in my life, but it's possible. What is it with you? First of all, you do stand up. Uh-huh. You make a card game called Fruits. Uh-huh. You make you wrote now. a book called Murder on Sex Island. Mm-hmm. Well, you're like the Ben Franklin of comedy. <laughs> it's like, really tough. You just like do um, these all to, these things. Yeah, a lot of tough stuff. Um, uh, I don't recall. Yeah, sure. I'm just I guess, thinking of the inventions. Yeah, I guess. I'm just let, who's a diff, who's another inventor? No, we let's can go bring with up? Benjamin Franklin. Da Vinci. Yes, you're like the Da Vinci of comedy. Well. Well, here's the thing. Because Da Vinci was a painter and also I'm not, made inventions, yeah? I'm not trying to do all these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to do all these things. Each thing, I think, will be the hit. Okay? And then when it flops, I got to pivot. Right? Okay. I have to keep thinking these are going to be the hit. Okay? okay. Then, but then I wrote the book thinking Murder the, on Sex Island. the book's going to be a hit. Yeah, don't yeah. have to leave my house anymore. Right, right. going to be Dan Which Brown level. Which is, of level. course, the goal. I sure <laughs> And then, but then I tried to publish it. Yeah. And everyone was like, what are you, you say, this is not a publishable book. And then I was like, what? Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad I did write the full book. That's always a fun response. Yeah. When you write a book. Yeah. Is uh, from the people who publish books is, this is not a publishable book. Yeah, they said, what are you, this is, don't touch me. You know, and so then I I did try to, uh, then I kind of had to pivot. Again. And then I thought, well, this is going to be time for the next thing. So what's the next thing? Right now, I'm, I'm, it's hard to say. I did buy a camera. Okay. And I thought maybe I'll s- switch to camera stuff. Yes. But then camera, I couldn't believe. You buy a camera. Have you ever bought a camera? Sure. You can't just buy a camera. You They're like you lenses. need a, you need a lens. You need, you need something to clip it, to clip into it. You need a bag. Yeah. You can't just keep it in a box. Yeah. You need a battery charger. Yeah. You need a tube that goes to the camera to the computer. Yeah. You need um, what's that thing? A card. A card, like an SD card. I can't believe it. Yeah. You need something to format the card. Yeah, this is all very involved. So when you say you bought a camera, you're saying that that is a project unto itself? (laughs) Like I asked, like, what are you working on? You said you bought a camera. Like, for what? Like, for which thing? (laughs) I really want to make a movie where women are getting ready. Okay. Uh, I like that. I'm in. Just kind of showing women getting ready. 
Um, like the like the first ten minutes of Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, or but like just that, the first ten minutes. And you know, in Terminator, <laughs> when the when um, Sarah Connor and her roommate are getting ready before yeah. they get shot. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. I just love that scene. That's what people are clamoring for. I think that's good. I really like that. And then there's no plot. They get ready. They go out the door and credits. I do think that a lot of people clamor for plot. Yeah. But a lot of people do want to see women getting ready. That's interesting. So many steps. Do you go, I don't mean to be crude, do you go from naked to dressed? I've never been naked. <laughs> when I'm getting ready, I never have been naked. So. We're going to fact check this. Okay. That's fine. We're going to speak with your boyfriend. Okay. We're going to speak with your landlord. Sure. My landlord's always in there. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about your stand-up is, and the audio book of Murder on Sex Island, uh-huh. which you read. Thank you for doing it. Uh-huh, sure. One of the things, by the way, it's available as a podcast, so people could listen to it for free. I know. It's but true, yeah. what you point out is at the end of every chapter you go, but also you could buy the book. Yeah. And I think that's like probably the funniest thing I've ever heard on an audiobook. Really tough. Really tough. When you self-publish, it's really you really are left on your... I had the book release event a month before the book came out. Yeah. Okay? If you Google the title... Jeffrey Epstein results pretty much exclusively. That's hard. It is hard. That's hard. Yeah. When you make a dream project like Murder on Sex Island, you hope that in the Google results, an actual Sex Island is not in the results. But alas. (laughs) It's really tough. It's really tough to be linked to him. That's tough. Because, you know, was he murdered? Right. Was he murdered? Yeah. Did he have a sex? Did he have a sex island? He did have one, yeah. 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 (laughs) So this book, is this a serious book or a humorous book? Um, I guess here's the thing. I took a class on mystery writing. Yeah. Okay. Really awesome class. Did not even have to show my face. Oh. They just, the teacher just emailed out. Right. Assignments. Wow. They, uh, incredible. Okay, so I took this class on mystery writing. Okay. Which is pretty formulaic. Yeah. If you don't, have you read a lot of mysteries? I just read yours. Okay. That's it. Well, so they're pretty formulaic, right? The only thing that you really can change is who the detective is. Oh, okay. And so then, uh, I, and then I was like, well, I'm going to write a really juicy, sexy detective sh- story. Right. But then I found I was a little uncomfortable with, um, <laughs> With penetration. And so there is unfortunately no penetration in the book. No one's naked. And yeah, almost no one's naked. So that that's tough. I wish I wish I was in a place to write penetrative scenes, but unfortunately that's really not something I'm comfortable with. The protagonist of your book is Luella. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a sex the sex island detective protagonist. Is Luella Joe Firestone? No, I need to make that super clear. I would, if I was confronted with a murder, I would not be at all interested in finding out more. 
Um, I don't believe your answer. No, I don't want this to seem autobiographical. That's the most humiliating thing I could imagine. This will, this first, I can't. It feels, when I'm reading the book, it feels like you talking. I hate, I hate it that you think this, (laughs) I hate that. I can't, I can't imagine a more. I think you're outed. No. Here. No. This is it. I refuse. You're Luella. No, I'm not. So one of my favorite things about you is that, because we've done a lot of shows together, mm-hmm. is you either always seem like you're sort of almost laughing, uh, but then like when I'm saying to you now, it's like you're unfazed, but uh, then you're almost laughing during your jokes. How How do you feel? Uh-huh. And on the audiobook. Interesting. How do you feel? First of all, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I've heard people have told me that it sounds like I'm about to cry. So uh, being about to laugh does seem a little bit uh, better. Do you think you're always about to laugh or always about to cry? I've never done either one. I've, I've so you've stayed. never been naked. No. You've never laughed and you've never cried. Mm-hmm. Well, I have my work cut out for me today in this yep. interview. Because what you're, you're filibustering. Uh-huh. Everything I'm asking, it seems like you're denying but I know certain things to be true. For example, I've mm-hmm. seen you laugh. Mm-hmm. I have not seen you naked, mm-hmm. and I have not seen you cry. This is gerrymandering. <laughs> in what way? Um, I guess in the way that you said filibuster. I'm also using a government term. Yes. And basically, smart. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> basically, gerrymandering. Basically, you're doing. You're drawing lines. Drawing lines across. Yes, I'm creating borders that don't exist necessarily. That's right. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I'm redistricting. Yes, exactly. Joe Firestone's personality. Exactly what I'm saying. Or Luella. No, 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 no. We're gonna take that again. Or Luella. Absolutely not. We're gonna just take that one more time. Just say yes this time. Or Luella. Mm -mm. Cannot. Okay, so years ago, you and I did a college. We actually, mm-hmm. speaking of filibustering and gerrymandering, mm-hmm. yes, we did a, a, a show called Stand Up and Vote, where, where we performed. I, I think it was at Ithaca College, mm-hmm. and sounds right. It was in this big, like basketball, basketball gym or something. I left like my shoes there. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what? How? I, you just took them off. I guess I must have brought two pairs of shoes, left the other pair of shoes. Okay, so... Emmy Blotnick had to get them. Oh, Emmy Blotnick, yeah, she was on the show, very funny comedian. Mm-hmm. She got them for you. Mm-hmm. She saved the shoes. Mm-hmm. That's a good resolution. Mm-hmm. And it was a good... The audience loved you. Your One of my favorite things about your comedy is you <laughs> you are willing to take chances with an audience in a way that I would say most comedians aren't. And I, I feel like it works like most of the time. Like for example, like in Ithaca, like I remember you did a very heavily audience participation based bit. Do you remember this? Oh, I think so. Do you, can you describe the bit? Cause I feel like I'll butcher it. I don't remember it, okay. but I really do wish I had a better memory. Like one time this man came up to me on the street and he's like, in a show, you made me and my son eat holes of American cheese and put it on our faces. And that was for comedy. And I was really horrified. That was a comedy bit. Yeah, but I don't. You thought that was funny. And that's tough. 
You thought that was funny. That's tough. Yeah. And then another person came up to me and was like, you made me lie face down on the floor. Oh, I see your sense of humor. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Lie face down on the floor. And so Classic I, Joe I wish that I didn't, either that I remembered it or that I didn't do this, right? These are two options that yeah. I think a lot of people feel about their past, right? Yeah. Either that you remember it or you didn't do it. <laughs> so that's, um, that's tough. But I do, uh, yeah, I think, so we're, well, so, okay. So I moved up to Upper Manhattan okay. about a year and a half ago. Okay. So then I was doing all these shows in Brooklyn. Right? That's where I was mostly doing comedy. And then I went up there to Upper Manhattan and I was like, you know, the clubs are so close. Yeah. I should probably do the clubs. Right. So that I don't have like an hour commute or whatever. Right. I had a steep learning curve. About comedy clubs. About comedy in general. Yeah, about they comedy were in like, general, yeah. What? Is wrong with you? What's wrong okay? with you? Yeah. And I kept, I kept having to be like, like I kept having to say over and over, I am not from the hospital. I'm not from the hospital, right? Right. And because people were looking at me like with true. What do you mean by I'm not from the hospital? People thought I was from the hospital. Which hospital? Like a psychiatric hospital? Hard to say. Okay, but they I'm really. I'm not from the psychiatric hospital is what you're getting at. Hard to say. Okay. Okay, so they were. Filibustering. Like, hard to say. So, so basically. <laughs> They were like looking at me like, uh oh, in trouble, right? They, they, it was. Uh oh, in trouble, what? I could just can't, I can't, uh, I really had to learn really quickly how to do comedy. Okay. Because I don't know what I was doing. Because these were sort of mainstream comedy clubs versus where you often play like Littlefield, Bell House, Union Hall in Brooklyn, which are kind of like, what you describe as like alt comedy rooms. Yeah, we're Where the, like yeah. Brooklyn kind of like people in the know, young people who are kind of interested in off the beaten path comedy yeah. go and are relatively supportive audiences. Relatively, yeah. yeah. These people were like, what have you done? What? Yeah. How did you get here? Yeah. And that was a, that was, yeah. So over the year and a half, I really have. Did you stop going there? No. You still go? No, because it was, you know, you get $40 for, and you leave your house for 20 minutes. Oh, that is good. Really good. That is good. So it's hard to say. Love that cold, hard cash. But it's, um, you've done the clubs. I have, yeah. I really started at those clubs. Yeah, so you. 20 years ago. You knew how to do, you knew how to do that. Arguably, I might still. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. It's really, it's like you basically have to be like, if if you don't do a joke with a punchline, you basically have to deliver whatever you're saying in such a way that is so clear to them that you know what you're doing. That you're intending humor. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, they really think that you've wandered here and that yes. you need to be escorted away. Yes. Which is a um, tough feeling to kind of face. As yeah. you don't want to feel like that. So that that was, um, yeah, that was a tough one. I did this set, okay, where this couple was making out. Yeah, really I've seen that hard. happen. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah, I've seen that. Were they naked? No, they'd already gotten ready. Okay, so they were making out really <laughs> hard. Ready. There was two shows. This was the late show. Okay. So they'd stayed through the early show making out. Yeah, and they decided to continue making out yeah. and see the second show. And the host was obviously like, okay, 
we've seen you guys making out. You guys can go home now. Yeah. Go home and make out. Go home and make out. And everybody had seen them making it. There was really lots of tongue. Yeah. And so then uh, they were like, the woman of the couple was like, basically, she didn't like being called out for making out. Okay. Yeah, I could see that being a conflict. And she starts screaming, I'm going to kill myself. Okay. That's a little rash. Tough. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, the host is like, just, okay, I didn't mean it. And she goes, I'm going to kill myself. She says it five times. I'm going to kill myself. The host is like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Moments before this, she's making out. <laughs> the ups and downs. Things, yeah, yeah. Talk it's, about a rocky okay, evening. I can't even believe it. Okay, so then the host is like done with You're dealing right. with her. Okay? Please the welcome f- Joe Firestone. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've heard a lot of hell gig stories of bad introductions. That's that probably takes it. It's tough. Making out all night. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill myself. Please walk to Joe Firestone. Really tough. So how'd it go? Bad. (laughs) Like how bad? This is basically what my set sounds like to someone that doesn't know me. How do you know that? I know. Okay, so who told you? I've listen. I've seen what, but basically, it's like that was. I was like, I don't know whether to address this. I don't know whether to keep talking to this woman. Wait, how do you sound? I just don't know how you arrived at that conclusion. You know what it is. You know what I mean? Sort of. But basically, it's like, so they really just, they needed some grounding. They needed someone to come in. To be a a really straightforward, straight ahead, set up punchline. Release. Mainstream comedian. Release the tension. Release the tension, yeah. That's been created. That's what they needed from you, and you were not... There, you were not ready to do that. Mm-mm. That so was my first time. That was my first time at the club. Wow. So what did you do as your bit? Like, what did you open with as a joke? Did you have a joke? I said, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm so sorry is a great line. I, that I must have gotten a laugh, right? The, no, people were like, Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. They were nodding, affirm, tough, affirming. Tough, tough. Affirming that to be true. And then any jokes after that? Did yeah, you tell I tried. Jokes? I tried some jokes, but I like said, what's a what's a what's a quintessential Joe Firestone joke if you're comfortable saying? Like a joke I'm saying like right a, now? Yeah, like what's a joke that would be that that works and even in that club like that might work pretty well, even in a weird circumstance. Um Okay, I was uh this joke doesn't work. Okay. But I'll say this I do this joke. I'm, I'm actually asking you Okay, for a joke that works. I'm not sure I have that right now. But I basically <laughs> I did this joke for a bit that was always I'd say consistently alienating. Okay. Where I said that I feel like I'm getting older because my purse is filled with dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's got to do well. <laughs> the people no? are saying Help her, help her. Oh Why she got dust in her purse? My purse is and then it's like, dust. well, the dust. I know what it's called. It's called a woman's sand, and that'll fill up the hourglass <laughs> of your life. And when it gets to the top, you're dead. This is a great joke. You know, is it's it's not really a setup. Well, you know, yeah, it's kind of setup. I'm getting old, and then the punchline is, 
filled with dust. I you think, think that, you think I guess you could Count say it. that. You know, in, in elementary school we when we learned subject predicate. What? You know subject predicate? Oh yeah, sir, certainly, yeah. Um so like you take a sentence yeah, and you divide it into subject predicate. Right. You're diagramming a sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really didn't understand that lesson at mm-hmm. all. And I would just put the line arbitrarily somewhere in the sentence. Yeah. You diagram it sort of in the middle. You just cut it in the middle somewhere. And that's, I'm afraid, what you just did with the joke. You said, that's the setup. That's the punchline. You, it, don't, you don't really know. I don't really know. You just sort of talk and say funny things, what you think is a, are funny things, and then you hope that it goes well. Well, I guess you do try to, you know, you do try to sh- shock and surprise. Right. But it's interesting because I think that when you do comedy, you defy the setup punchline construction in a way that really works. Like we did that Ithaca show, you killed. It wasn't set up punch, but you killed. Like the audience loved you. That's nice. They were ready to vote. You know what I mean? We got them in a good place. Do you think so? We were in like like a big gymnasium. It was hard. Some of those gyms are just right. Oh, it's hard to say. What is a joke that you have that you think is funny and never works? Um, But you keep doing it. There was this joke I wrote that I thought was so good. If you want to feel like you're from the future, you should Google your aunt. <laughs> I don't get it. That's the end of the joke? Mm-hmm. Wait, and, but, yeah. but, okay, so what happens if you Google your aunt? Her picture pops up. Okay. Right, so that's kind of a futuristic thing because in the past you couldn't Google your aunt. I guess your aunt's supposed to be family, but she's someone... You're doing that thing with your voice right now, which is like you're laughing, but then you're like, you said earlier, it's like you're crying. She said, but she's supposed to, she's supposed to be at the dinner table. (laughs) What? But she's... What's the dinner table have to do with this? She's on Google Image. What are you talking about? I don't even know if she'd be on Google Image. Why would your aunt be on Google Image? at, At a show. I did this joke, and someone raised their hand and said, what did that joke mean? What did they say, what? They said, what did that joke mean? <laughs> They're right. They're not wrong to ask. It's messed up. It it's messed up. But, like, what does it mean? Have you ever had that? A Google member? my aunt? No, I've never Googled no. my aunt. After a joke, someone raised their hand. <laughs> Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint. You can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses, or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase 
of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Support for Mike Burbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep mattresses. They are fiberglass-free. Unlike other brands, Helix mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health, as you may have seen in the news or on social media. There have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to, I used to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. No, now. So this is called the slow round, and we ask a series of like random questions. And one of them is, uh, do you have a time that you remember where you're so scared that you ran away? Um, I, I can't do haunted houses. Okay. Okay. So I, uh, I, I've run into several walls at haunted houses. Sorry? Like whenever there's a strobe light, I'll run into the wall. Okay. I'll get too, too scared, I'll run into the wall. So in other words, you're in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of ghoul or mm-hmm. witch or something like actor. that. Actor. Actor playing a mm-hmm. ghoul mm-hmm. or a witch. It's an actor. Can never forget it's an actor. Right. I have to keep that in right. mind. You have to remind yourself it's an it's actor. It's an actor. Just an actor. It's just an actor. Probably cross paths. Right. And so you went to a haunted house. Where did you go to the haunted house? Do you remember? I've been to a few, but each time I regret it. And then I went to an interactive play recently. Mm-hmm. Where you had to sign a waiver. You sleep no more? No. Oh, another one? And you had to sign a waiver that you would be okay if you died. <laughs> Are you doing that as a joke? No, that's real. Uh, no, but I know, but that's a good joke. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so so then we went in. and then on when, the- Wait, when you say you have to sign a waiver that say you, that you might die, like... Did you read the waiver? Yeah. And it says you might die. Mm-hmm. You're sure of this? Positive. Okay. So. We're going to have to fact check a lot of this interview. Not a problem like my mind. I just got We have to be really careful what gets out in the universe. Understood. So basically, in this play, they were like, just so you know, there will be one intermission mm-hmm. and... You will experience nudity. Oh, not your favorite thing. So this whole play, it's an interactive play. This whole play, I was nervous. When's the nudity coming? Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. The nudity comes at the very end. Yeah. Okay? It takes place in a mansion. And at the very end of the play, and I can spoil this because it's already sold out and there are no more shows. So at the end of the play, one of the characters is getting tased by a doctor. (laughs) Okay. The doctor's wearing leather shorts. (laughs) 
Okay. And the doctor tases the guy in the genitals. Oh, God. Wait, are the genitals out at this point? The testicles are so affected by the tase <laughs> that they drop to the man's knees. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Are the testicles revealed at this point yes. when they're tased? They plop out of his shorts. <laughs> because they're tased or Yes, because they're tased. <laughs> no. So in other words, someone tases, one character tases another character mm-hmm. in the genital area, but it's closed. And then it's the tase is so intense that the genitals pop out. And sag to the knees. And sag to the knees. But at that point, they're not real genitals. They're fictional genitals. They're mm-hmm. like costume prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. This Were play you? had so many actors in it. Oh. How it's many? Amazing. How many? Have you ever seen a play with like 25 actors? Yeah, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Hades Town. Sure. Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> you got me. Many others? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 25 actors is a lot, though. Maybe it's in a small space. Is that what it is? No, it was a big space. Oh, okay. Mansion. Yeah. Oh, it's a mansion. It was in a mansion. But you, so you've run- In Long a, Island. It was in Long Island? Mm-hmm. On? On Long Island. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you went to On Long Island. Did you take the Long Island Railroad to no, get there? No, we drove. Oh, you have a car? No, my friend does. The way you tell stories is often leaving out key details. What details- do you need to know? <laughs> and I will answer them. <laughs> I, no further questions. Okay. Um, when I look at your career, I'm just like, I don't fully grasp, like in the most complimentary way I could think of, like you're a little bit like Andy Kaufman in the sense that like when I look at Andy Kaufman's career, I'm like, it's a puzzle to me. I don't fully understand. I'm like, this guy was brilliant. I don't know what his end game was beyond like just mm. entertaining audiences uh, in the strangest way that he could think of is that, what's your end game oh i don't really have an end game i've never had goals but no. i don't th- i think that like i'll get an idea and i want to execute it but i don't have uh i don't have goals cuz i don't i really don't understand cuz people keep telling me the world's going to end and then they also those same people have 5 year goals right so i don't understand right they either need to stop telling me that. They got to go one way or the other. Or they need to stop having a five-year plan. What is what is people's favorite thing about you and least favorite thing about you? Whoa. Uh, mm, that's like friends. Yeah. Or mother. Your mother? Yeah. Yeah, sure, your mother. Okay. What's your mother's least favorite thing about you? Okay, so I've... I guess I have somewhat of an artistic temperament. <laughs> yeah, that w- that always gets to mom. Uh-huh. But I guess uh, I uh um, You're the first th- you're the first person who's changed the question. Oh, <laughs> you mean my mother? <laughs> <laughs> I really who's who's is voting? Who's voting? Anybody. I mean, really anybody. I mean, friends, family, but I like mother. So you're saying artistic temperament, how does that manifest itself? You know, the ups, the downs. Yeah, the ups, the downs. Mm-hmm. But how do you, you shout? No, but I'm very, I can be very negative. Okay. And very discouraged. Right. So I'll be like, oh, well, you know, this, 
I'm out of milk, so I guess I'll just step in front of a train, oh, right? Wow. And so then you think, okay, well, we could get more milk. And then I'm like, but the train's right there. And they're like, well, you could also just not. And then I say, okay, fine. Right. Next time, you know, so I guess I you're go. You're a handful. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, and I guess... I, I Yeah, I guess the least favorite is I'm pretty negative. But I take this tap class, beginner's tap. Yeah. And uh, in the tap class, the teacher was like, Joe, you're smiling. You're always so happy. And I told that to my friends, and they're like, what is she talking about? That's so – they're like, wow, you really tricked her. That's like what I was saying about you earlier. I think I tricked you too. Do you think so? I'm pretty negative. I'm pretty negative. I don't know. You, this is the, the, we need to open up our friendship a little bit more so that I can see this more negative side of you. It's not good. So I guess the least favorite thing is negative. What level of what level of friends are we right now? What do you mean, ten or ten or yeah, one? Yeah, one to ten. Your closest friend, ten. Your least close friend, acquaintance, borderline, would be one. Well, I guess I'll say this: if you called me, I'd pick up. Huge. Okay, if Huge. I called you. Phone ringing, phone ringing, Mike Birbiglia, you pick it up. You say, oh, hold on a second. Right back at you. And I wouldn't think that necessarily that you'd want something. So we're phone pickup friends. Uh-huh. Because I'll pick up your phone call too. I hope so. Phone pickup friends, this is huge. Yeah. I think it's a huge development because now we have knowledge that each other are phone pickup friends. Yeah. What's your hours of day? Because I don't want to call you past like 9 p.m., for example. I guess. Or before 9 a.m. maybe. Yeah. Or 10 a.m. I guess I'm awake from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. So you're open to me calling you at like 1 in the morning? I'm awake. Okay. But are you going to put it on silent when you go to bed so that I don't wake you up? I don't think that will be an issue. Okay. But this is huge though. Mm-hmm. But you didn't answer what's the most what's the positive thing people um, think about you. You know what? If I say I'll do something, I really do try to do it. Oh, that's huge. I'd really try. Yeah. So I'll write it down. Because I otherwise that. I won't remember. So I'll remember I'll write it down and say, You gotta do this and I'll really try to do that. Is there a song that makes you cry? I would say the zombies song, This Will Be Our Year. This will be our year. Yeah. Wait, how does it go? This will be our year. Took a long time to come. This will be our year. Took a long time to come. I gotta check that out. I wish I could sing so bad. Why do Why do you think that song makes you cry? Well, I usually listen to it right when the New Year happens, and I always think the New Year is kind of an is kind of an emotional time. Oh. Because you think back on the year, and you think back on your life and you think back on um like who's in your life now and who's was in your life in previous new years and you think about you know and that is a very hopeful song like they're like this year was bad but next year it's gonna be good what a beautiful sentiment sure for such a negative person yeah
Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint. You can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses, or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is just very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019... They've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good. Your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash burbigs. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping. On any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You were saying the thing about how you had to sign a release that you were going to die. Yeah. I had a thing. I've been trying to do this a little bit as a bit about my daughter at the beginning of the summer, broke her foot at this place called Urban Air. I don't know if you've heard of these places. Trampoline? Yeah. Awesome. No, no oh, good. She broke like, her foot. Not tough. It's like, it's just like a warehouse full of like trampolines. That's the business model. Uh-huh. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, kids go nuts, but like she, you know. It's not that safe. I but I signed like you know, you sign a thing that's like Willy Wonka, yeah, kind of like long form saying mm-hmm. you're never gonna sue them, and I'm not gonna sue them, but I am gonna speak about them comedically <laughs> and say comedically, maybe that shouldn't be a business. <laughs> tough, tough, no. tough, tough, tough. Yeah, it's I, just I'm just being funny about it. Of course. I'm just having a, it's just a funny thing. No big deal. About Yeah, no big deal. Just maybe they shouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sue them. I signed a form that said I absolutely will not sue them. But I will also say for the rest of the summer, my family did not do a lot of foot-based activities. <laughs> it's not their fault. Oh, no. But it happened. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. The whole foot broke. There's like yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of bones in the foot. But it was like she was in a cast. It was a whole deal. 
like a boy jumped in front of her and then she came down on it the wrong way. And then mm-hmm. at one point I'm sitting on the couch with her watching TV, which is the vast majority of what we did this summer. And uh, she goes, dad, boys are terrible. And I said, you don't know that half of it. <laughs> well, I, I want to develop that as a joke because I think that's a funny conversation uh-huh. snippet. Yeah. It's like boys are terrible. Because sometimes I have to explain to her like I, like I was a boy. Yeah, She's at the age where like, she, I didn't love boys. And it's like, all right, well, I was a boy. Kind of still am in a way. Sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think it's like, um, that's going to be, I guess you got to think about conversations. <laughs> it's going to be it's true. a lot of conversations. Oh, no, up. I know. Trust me. Whoa, juicy ones. A lot of conversations. A lot of conversations in my future. Yeah. Oof. Fortunately, she's a good talker. I do think that, you know, these things like these trampoline places and yeah. like the you know, interactive plays, I think it's good to do these things. I know that it's risky. Yeah. But I think it's good to do these things. Do you have new material you're working on that you would share with us here on the pod? Um, so, I well, I'm trying to work on this thing, but it's not, it's not good yet. Okay. Okay, so I'm trying to work on this joke because I joined the library. Okay. Okay. And I would join the library and I'm like, well, that's great. I, did you all know that these things are just free? Okay. <laughs> and then it's like, but then they said that you can donate books. And I say, is anyone spending any money around here? <laughs> That's a great joke. But then they're like, except we do not take textbooks or romance books. Okay. And I say, I understand the textbooks because they might be out of date. But romance books, the fact that they won't take them makes me think that they think we're fucking the books. Oh, yes. And then I think, well, if I'm going to fuck a book, I'm not going to pay attention to the genre. I'm going to try all different shapes. You know, if I'm going to bring paper to the genitals, I'm going to try, you know, try a lot. And that's when people say stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. That's when your stop, audience stop, says hurts, stop talking. Stop. Yeah. I think it's a really strong joke. I mean, I think like the fact that they say no romance novels is a really interesting twist that I would not have known. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like you kind of have to, maybe it's crude, but I think mm-hmm. you maybe have to get more specific that like they don't want you sort of having sex with yourself while holding their book because <laughs> oh, it belongs to them. That's right. That's how people would enjoy that. They I wouldn't think fuck. So. To say that they'd fuck the book is a leap that people that brings leaves people behind. And I and I think you can keep the joke fuck the book, but then pivot to when I say fuck the book, what I really mean is read the book and then have sex with yourself in proximity to the book, maybe brushing up against the book, that's, which will be bar- lent to someone else. That's right. People aren't worried you're going to put the book. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> of right. course. Of course. They don't think you're going to put the book in your vagina. Yeah, that's right. If I may be so crude. No, and that's kind of what I was leading the audience to believe. And then it kind of got pretty violent, I say, pretty fast. So I think that maybe it's this idea of people are, it's not, the genital on book. It's the genital juices coming into contact with the book. I think that's what it is. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so then it might need a different turn, right? So then it's like, 
It's not about, they're not worried about you fucking just the, that book, right? They're worried about the juices and then there must be another, just another punchline right at the very end, right? Uh, maybe it's something in the universe of like, um, you know, I think what they don't realize is that sometimes I'll have sex with myself when I'm reading a book about lizards. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. So yeah. just like another turn. Maybe it's not lizards. Maybe it's something else that you're more interested yeah. in. You know what I mean? And maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like kind of going, like kind of going in that direction. It's like, what else do you, um, what else do you have sex with yourself near? Right? Yes. Where it's like, well, I'm really, you know, it's crazy that people were so willing to take my KitchenAid mixer. <laughs> yeah. So yes. maybe there's something kind of scary. I people. love that. That's a much more economical version of what I'm pitching. And it's funnier. I, we'll see what happens. But maybe it's like- <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. No, that's super, but, to me, that's super strong. Really helpful to hear that it's about liquids and not, that's good. I think good. that's right. I think like, it's like, what's funny about it in your head? Mm-hmm. And then like, if it's not working the way that you imagine, like, what are they not getting here? Yeah. What are they not grasping? Because what's fun, you know, Jake Johansson, the comedian, brilliant comedian taught me this when I was starting out, like working the door in the 90s, like I was opening for him. And he said a lot of times, like it's it's really about like conveying what is funny in your head. And, mm. and, and like, they don't know what's in your head. Yeah. And so you think they do. You think, you, you know what I mean? Like we all fall into that thing where we're like, oh, they get it. They know what I'm talking about. But it's like a lot of times the more you open it out and go like, what's the most verbose version of this joke? Mm-hmm. And then you're way over talk it. Uh-huh. And then you're like, all right, let's trim back. Uh-huh. Try to get each joke to 16 seconds. <laughs> I don't do that, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a great joke though. Do you have any other jokes? Um, uh, let's see. I, uh, I'm trying to get this joke about how I do get so worried about climate change. Yeah. And my friends will be like, the world is ending. And I really hate it, hate hearing that. Yeah. Because I start to spiral about like, do I have water? Yeah, sure. And um, I realized that I need to make new friends. <laughs> that's good. Specifically Republicans. Because uh, <laughs> they're not worried. I need to go to someone <laughs> they're that's not like- concerned. Don't, don't worry, honey. The world's never going to end. Yeah, it's yeah. getting colder. Yeah. And then they say, I got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. I say, I got to go by. But that's yeah. kind of how the joke goes. I'm super busy. I'm running. I'm heading to the library <laughs> I got- to masturbate to a book about lizards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm swinging by KitchenAid. <laughs> I got it. That's really- don't ask any questions. A, call- <laughs> a callback like that would really guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> that would guarantee a, a star of the Hollywood <laughs> Walk of Fame. The final thing we do is working it out for a cause. Is there an, a nonprofit that you like to contribute to? Because what, what I'll do is I'll contribute to the nonprofit, link to them in the show notes, and encourage the listeners to, to contribute as well. Okay, I'm going to go with UNICEF. Okay. So I'm going to contribute, contribute to UNICEF. Have you heard of children? Yeah. Well, they need help. Oh my gosh, such a burn. Hmm. It was my blind spot. Yeah. Children needing help. Yeah. So if you would but like to- But you really stuck it to me <laughs> yeah, well, in this teachable moment. 
So I try to kind of end on a teachable moment. And each podcast I do, okay, I know you have rituals around here, but each podcast I guest on, I do ask the host what they learned. About you? No. About life? About themselves. About myself, okay. Mm -hmm. What was the message you took? (sighs) About myself. So I think it is... um, I just think that I think we are closer friends than I realized. Wow. Which has a lot of ramifications in relation to perception and your own perception, how often we're all wrong about ourselves. Because you're like, we're close enough friends, you can just call me, I'll pick up the phone. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I misread this or maybe I misread that. Well, where did you think we were on the one to 10? I thought you were gonna say, like a like a six or a five. Okay, that's pretty good. Oh, okay, okay. So that's where you thought it was. Well, that's good. Joe Firestone, it has been an honor and privilege. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what a way to end. Gorgeous. Working it out, cause it's not done. Working it out, cause there's no one. That's gonna do it for another episode of Working It Out. I love talking with Joe Firestone. It's so much fun. You can get her book, Murder on Sex Island, at your local bookstore, or you can listen to the audiobook, which is narrated by Joe Firestone and available as a podcast, or you can do both. You cannot follow Joe Firestone on social media. She is off social media. But you can watch the full video of this on my YouTube channel, at Mike Berbiglia. Check that out and subscribe, because we're going to be posting more and more videos. Uh, check out burbigs.com to sign up for the mailing list. Our producers are myself, along with Joseph Berbiglia and Peter Salamone, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producer Gary Simons, sound mix by Shub Saren, supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Alfall, as well as David Raphael and Nina Quick. My consigliere is Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. Special thanks to my wife, the poet J-Hope Stein. Her book, Little Astronaut, is in bookstores now, perfect for the holidays. Special thanks, as always, to our daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort of pillows. If not for her, we wouldn't be here today. And thanks most of all to you who are listening. If you're enjoying the show, rate and review. Go on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Let's say, what? maybe you're at a Joe Firestone comedy show. And there's people making out, let's say, in a distracting way. You could approach them, tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, you know, this really is not the best place to be making out. Maybe you could do that at home. And then while you're at home making out, you could listen to a podcast hosted by Mike Perbiglia about the creative process and how jokes are made. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you next time. <laughs>